Hello and welcome to Burst the Bubble, a podcast on European affairs brought to you by the students of the College of Europe. The specter of populism looped over the European elections. The main issues at stake was the amount of seats populist forces would be able to conquer in the European Parliament. With the benefit of insight, we can say that the outcome of the elections was mixed for populist forces. Interestingly, the results point to the affirmation of a specific type of populism, allowing us to narrow down its definition. The type of populism that prevailed in Europe is the one described by Paolo Gentiloni in our last podcast, a right-wing one, which is mainly focused on the defense of national identity and traditional values rather than on direct democracy and social claims. Such ideology is perfectly embodied by Matteo Salvini in Italy, Marine Le Pen in France, the current leaders of Eastern countries such as Hungary and Poland, and, with some peculiarities, Nigel Farage in the United Kingdom. Although, on aggregate, the gains by populist parties were less spectacular than expected and will probably prevent them from leading the decision-making process in the European Parliament, mainstream parties would commit a terrible mistake by ignoring them. A few weeks ago, during the run-up to the elections, we had the chance to meet the Commissioner for Economic and Financial Affairs, Pierre Moscovici, to discuss about the state of European democracy and possible ways towards its renovation and strengthening. What we call populism is caused at least partially by a perceived loss of control by the citizens on the decision-making process. This is particularly true in the field of European fiscal and economic governance, where little role, if some is left to the European Parliament, and always growing constraints are imposed on the national ones. First of all, do you share this reading? And what do you think could be the possible solutions? Populism is mostly uh, the result of the economic crisis and the fact that the crisis is over, but that the legacies of the crisis are there, that globalizations appear as a threat, uh, and that uh, for, for, for people who feel far away from Europe and also from its decision-making, that's true, uh, the idea is that it's easier to have a, an answer at the national level. And uh, also that democracy is not working well because it's always the same who are in power, whether it's national or European, and so uh, the will to take back control uh, of uh, the power without democracy. That's, uh, for example, what Mr. Orban thinks with his illiberal democracy, uh, democracy against freedom, uh, to tell things clearly. The answer precisely to me is democracy, more democracy. It's to take back control on European decisions. For example, I propose that there is a Ministry of Finance of the Eurozone controlled by the European Parliament. I propose that uh, the decisions in the tax issues are taken not by unanimity, uh, which is a blocking uh, measure, but uh, through qualified majority voting. I propose uh, that the Europe of tomorrow uh, is uh, keen to reduce inequalities. And I propose that the Eurozone budget that needs to be created now is dedicated to convergence between EU economies. Uh, so uh, uh, those who are fighting democracy 
those who are fighting uh, uh, freedom. Uh, those ones, uh, they use the fact that uh, people are frustrated and we must give an answer, which is at the same time uh, economic, social and political. The former president of the Commission, Romano Prodi, recently said that we should bring politics back to Europe. What do you think about this statement? Uh, this commission is, is not a technocratic commission, it's a political commission. That's the way uh, we function. First, we are all politicians. All of, them have been, all of us have been uh, prime ministers or ministers in quite important functions. And we are there to make choices and to handle the difficulties, not with a bureaucratic spirit, but with a political spirit. Politics, political spirit doesn't mean politicized spirit. We're not from the left, we're not from the right, we're not from the center. We uh, try to act in the common and general interest of Europe. But when, for example, uh, I uh, advocated for flexibility in uh, budget surveillance, this was clearly a social democratic option and a progressive option. When, uh, as a, a commissioner for tax, uh, I uh, proposed that there would be a digital taxation, when I proposed that there is qualified majority voting uh, instead of unanimity in the decision-making in tax issues, uh, when I uh, fight against tax fraud and tax avoidance, this is also a political approach. And when finally the Commission opposed the conservative German government as far as Greece was concerned, uh, considering that uh, we would be making an historical mistake by encouraging Brexit, this is also political. So uh, I'm really agreeing to what my friend Romano says. Uh, politics needs to be uh, back uh, in the driving seat. It's already the case. But let's be also uh, a bit cautious because uh, the Commission uh, is there to uh, implement the treaties. It's the guardian of the treaties. It's not there to destroy the treaties or to rewrite the treaties. So the distinction between being political and politicized has to be uh, handled with care. Bolstered by the positive outcome of these elections, Matteo Salvini is determined to leverage its increased domestic legitimacy vis-à-vis -vis Brussels. The first battle will likely be over the Italian budget, as Salvini has declared that he is ready to break European rules on fiscal discipline. While this is not the first time Italy clashes with the EU over budget rules, this time the outcome is far from being predictable. Last week, Commissioner Moscovici sent a letter to the Italian Minister of Finance, Giovanni Tria, saying that Italy is confirmed not to have made sufficient progresses towards compliance with the debt criterion. Last autumn, it took weeks of intense negotiation for the Commissioner to cut a deal with Rome over the Italian budget. His assessment of this experience could give us interesting insights about the developments of Brussels-Rome quarrel. Is relaxing fiscal governance a feasible response for the European institutions to manage populist claims? The decision taken by the Commission on the Italian budgetary draft raised criticism on the one hand, but also appreciation on the other. So first of all, in light of the internal consequences, how do you judge five months later that decision? And second of all, do you think that a technocratic approach to economic governance is still sustainable or that should we rediscuss it in the light of the last year political development? This commission is, is not technocratic. This commission uh, immediately introduced flexibility in uh, judgment on the budgets, on budget surveillance. Uh, our approach is flexible. Our approach is favorable to growth. Uh, our approach takes into account national preferences. And um, as a commissioner, I didn't sanction anybody, neither Spain, neither Portugal, neither uh, France, neither Italy. Uh, and I was always in favor of Greece staying in the framework of the Eurozone. And so no technocracy. Uh, no austerity, 
but uh, politics in the right sense and flexibility. Uh, as far as Italy is concerned, uh, I'm proud of what we have done. Uh, it's not because I feel that Mr. Salvini is sympathetic. We are not uh, the best friends uh, politically, uh, neither Mr. Di Maio. Uh, it's not because I believe that they are true, dedicated pro-Europeans. No, it's because I'm thinking about the Italian people. And I know that if we wouldn't have managed to get that deal done, uh, what would have happened? We would have had uh, first uh, a budget which would have been a catastrophe, uh, even a weaker growth, and a crisis on the financial markets with the spreads rising uh, while they decrease. So uh, uh, we discussed sincerely and in good conditions with Giuseppe Conte uh, and with Giovanni Tria, and I think that uh, this is the best deal possible. Then, uh, what is obvious is that Italy, at one moment, will need to solve the real difficulties of its own e economy, uh, which is the fact that it's not productive enough, not competitive enough, and uh, to, to create justice, you need also to create wealth. But that's the problem of the Italians. It's up to them to decide on their fate. To sum up, we can say that for Pierre Moscovici, the answer to the populist challenge is to bring politics inside the European Union while granting enough flexibility in its decision-making over fiscal governance. At the same time, he warns against the risk of politicizing the Commission, thus emphasizing a difference between being political and politicized. A question that remains to be addressed is whether it is possible to reconcile the idea of a political commission which embodies a clear political mandate while keeping it a neutral guardian of the treaties. How do you envisage the next European Commission on the matters of fiscal surveillance? Will it accommodate populist claims or will it be even more rigid in its approach? Don't hesitate to share your comments on social platforms and keep following Bust the Bubble on SoundCloud and iTunes. Mm -hmm.